0: the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited time offer, so act now. My name is Rob Gorski and you're listening to the autism dad podcast real quick before we get into, um, talking about what today's topic is. If you could take a second and, uh, rate or review this podcast on whatever app you happen to be listening to this on, I would really appreciate that. I didn't realize that was a thing, uh, but apparently it is. So if you could do that, it, it helps provide feedback for me. lets me know what I'm doing well and what I need to improve on. Uh, it also helps with rankings and things like that. So I can, I can maybe reach more people and, 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 Uh, stuff like that. So I do appreciate that if you could do that. As for today's interview, uh, my guest is Eileen Silverberg. Uh, She's a life coach in emotional management. And until I spoke with her, I did not know that was actually a thing. I'm familiar with life coaching uh, and life coaches, but not, I guess I didn't realize there was, there were sort of specialties uh, in that. And we had a fascinating conversation. Uh, she's also the author of a book called A Warrior of Light, A Guide to Inner Wisdom for Challenging Times. And Eileen and I have a conversation today that I think applies to a lot of us. And and that's about being caregivers. And, you know, she, she opens up very honestly about her personal journey with her mother and, uh, you know, what that was like for her to, to become a caregiver uh, for her mom. I'm a caregiver for for my three kids. A lot of you out there are caregivers for uh whether it, you know, kids or elderly loved ones or siblings or or whatever. And so, you know, it's really important that we we have conversations about this because it's important that we number 1 take care of ourselves uh and and sort of deal with the the emotions and the struggle that a lot of caregivers face. Uh being a caregiver is not easy. It's 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 very challenging on good days, uh, but it's also very rewarding and it's it's life altering in so many ways. And uh, Eileen and I had a, had a really good conversation about this, and I want to share that with you guys. Uh, and I will do so right after this quick commercial break. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, as I said in the intro, I'm, I'm speaking with Eileen Silverberg. Uh, she is a life coach and uh, a life coach in emotional management. I've, I've actually never heard of that before, in, until now, and that I'm. This is fascinating. We've been talking for a little bit uh, b- before this, and it's. I didn't want to get too carried away with that because it was it was uh, a fascinating conversation. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, thank
1: you, Rob. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and it's an honor to be here. Thank
0: oh, you. Well, thank you. Uh, the, you know, you're also the author of a, of a book called Warrior of Light, uh, a guide to inner wisdom for challenging times. And it sort of focuses on your experience as a caregiver for your mother. Yeah. And and sort of that journey that you went on to sort of, I don't know, find yourself kind of a a right way to to say it?
1: Find myself through the journey of of a lot of fog of not knowing what to do when you're caring for someone Mm -hmm. who you love and it happens to be your parent because that also... Place, uh a key factor there. Yeah, because the dynamic right? switches. The dynamic switches, especially if it's a uh, type A parent and has been that that parent, right? If it has been like that cute little mom that she always went along and she loved to cook and she was sweet as pie, then I'm not saying it's not difficult. It, and I can and I know because I speak with so many caregivers. And it's so sad because that's they feel so sad for their parents. But then, when you have also the the strong parent who does not want to hear you giving orders, that's mm. another dynamic. So caregiving is tough. <laughs> no matter where you go, that was tough.
0: that was definitely my grandmother. We were, we were talking about that. My 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 grandpa uh, when he moved in with my parents. Um, before he passed away, he, he could be a little stubborn, but he was very, in my view, he was kind of easygoing and, and joking and and fun. And he was struggling a little bit with the change in, uh, sort of loss of freedom, I guess, in a way, uh, because he became more limited in what he can do. And my grandmother, uh, she's a pistol or she, she was a pistol. She, 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 man, you just don't mess with her. (laughs) She's very, she's very stubborn and very, uh, very opinionated and, and, and very much not afraid to share those opinions with you. And so, um, you know, she, when she was in the nursing home, I, I was always concerned that her personality would be a little bit too much maybe for mm-hmm. them, but everybody mm-hmm. loved her. You know, they, they broke through and, and, uh, and she ended up really enjoying the people that were there to take care of her. They were amazing. Aww, and, sweet. and it was just a, so I, 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 I get the difference cause I got to see sort of, opposite extremes exactly <laughs> on the, on exactly. the spectrum yes yes uh, yes could you could you just sort of tell us a little bit about yourself and uh you know how did you get started do you become a life coach and then is it is it a um do you specialize in in something? Do you know what I mean? Like, is there like a different type of like versions or something?
1: It depends on if if you if if you go into life coach after you have a degree in some kind of um, um, if you're a psychologist or things like that, then perhaps you specialize. I didn't. I went as a life coach. Okay, and I um, def- I founded a medication. Um, And it has uh, the the copyrights, and I'm very proud about that because it was completely different at the time meditation where I implemented basis of uh, Hawaiian practice that I use, Ho'oponopono practice, which has forgiveness, has a lot to do with um, the purpose of life. And I integrated all that into the five senses meditation. So when I did that, I started noticing that a lot of people were coming to me not only to learn how to meditate, which I started coaching for that, but then as we did the exercises in the meditation practice, a lot of things were coming up, um, things about Depression, unhappiness, difficulties in, in, in relationships, difficulty in taking care of their parents, things like that. So the meditation helped and I became their go-to person for mm-hmm. different situations. So I I did. I got my certification as a coach and I, I call it emotional coaching because it's truly it's a wellness coaching. Mm-hmm. I do not do things. I know what is not, my rom and Mm -hmm. where i see people that i definitely feel that they may need somebody else i'll be very happy to say i think you need to go to somebody else but as for for the most part what we need is someone first that could listen to us and then someone who that person that you listen to that that is listening to those people want to say listen we can fix this quickly Let's shift how you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm great at shifting things. I always say I love sunglasses. And every time I buy a pair of new sunglasses, some have a, a pink uh, glass, yeah. some other have blue. Every time you look out, you, dif- you see differently. I have, say, my master, and, you know, because sometimes myself, when I put the glasses, it's like, oh, my gosh, what's happening here? But I have mastered how to look at people with respect and love and saying, okay, let's look at this differently. Mm -hmm. And the moment you do that is the moment where you can say, oh, wow, this is, I can choose to see it differently. Therefore, it feels differently. So emotionally you shift. So that's where the emotional coaching comes from.
0: So for people out there who aren't familiar with what a life coach actually does, like what, what is the difference between like a life coach and uh, like a therapist, for example.
1: A, a life coach will be someone who, first of all, you get to feel more personal when you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, this session does not have you sitting down and you talking, mm-hmm. and the person just being there listening, and then you come back next week to explore perhaps the same problem. As a life coach, you just want to give them tools to be able to move forward. As a life coach for me, wellness coaching, um, emotional coaching, I said, okay, what is it? And this is the key. What is it that you want to change? Because most of the time, we don't know what we want. Mm -hmm. I mean if if I were to ask you right now I mean even something for dinner what do you want for dinner oh gosh i don't know so we we very we we have been built to not necessarily know what we want because there's a lot of reasons why we don't because what if i say something and the other person who i'm with doesn't feel that way what if i'm not taking somebody else in consideration so we have learned how to push the what i want so i get the person to know What is it that you want? One or two things. It cannot be everything because Mm -hmm. everything means that you'll be with me forever. And hopefully you can actually move forward and then maybe call me one day and say, oh my gosh, this is great. I've done very well here. Perhaps I need a different coaching for another area of my life. But Mm -hmm. identify what you need at the moment. What would you like? Then committing a small amount of time so this is not where you come in and there are endless sessions. So for a wellness coach, an emotional coach, you want to say, okay, let's do a session of 30 days. Mm-hmm. That's it. And hopefully from there on, I want you to go and, and, and figure out life and then come back later. So the idea is to be able to let them go and figure out if the tools they're using and the homeworks that they're getting, they're implementing them and they can see changes, which usually I have to say I'm, I'm very good at.
0: <laughs> so so this is more of a short-term thing as opposed to like ongoing uh, yes. therapy. So, so like you would, you would go and um, sort of help people to maybe better understand the direction they need to go in yes. and then help them sort of come up with the tools to do that and then sort of, they can fly away or... or...
1: They they can fly away or experiment. And usually what I do is, uh, you know, one of my packages will be, okay, 30 days, which is great for people. First of all, people feel like, you think I can do this in 30 days? Of course you can. Mm -hmm. Of, Of course you can. Then once a week, we meet for, you know, a great chunk of time. Then I follow you during the week with small you know 10 minutes 15 minutes maybe a text maybe a phone call really quick how you doing are you doing this so it's it's having that accountability it's like an accountability partner there to make sure that you're doing what you committed to do because at the beginning clearly 30 days takes for you to start forming a habit but you need that. that person to be able to do it so hopefully within 30 days if you follow the guidance, then within 30 days, you're going to see improvement. And once you see progress, you feel empowered, you feel better, you believe in yourself. And then why is it? Why do you have to do it for me? You're going to do it for yourself. So I like it that way. And uh, it, it, it works really well. I mean, yes, maybe later on somebody calls me and say, Eileen, I, you know, I went backwards on this and that. Then we reassess: Do you really need me, or or can we just do it in one session, an hour or so on? Um, but for the most part, that's what it is, and I love it because to see people realizing. I can do something about it. I have the power to change a belief system. Usually that's what I change, a belief mm-hmm. system. Um, but you have to get to it before we 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 move forward.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I never like I'm familiar with life coaching. Um I, I guess I I I always wondered what exactly the the, the difference was. Um
1: I, I believe that there's amazing therapies out mm-hmm. there. And I, I know that a lot of people benefit tremendously and I have an immense respect. Now, to me, many people that go to therapy and, 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 and I know that people may be, you know, kind of saying, what? But many people that go through therapy, they go and continue perpetuating the pain that they're living versus saying, I want to get out of that pain and really committing to get out of that pain. So it's easier to sit down every week and talk and then and and keep going about it. It's like a girlfriend that you go and then you start talking about, let's say, um, you know, the other girlfriend and, oh, my gosh, she drives me crazy. Oh, my gosh, have you seen what she's wearing? Or da, da, da. And the, fo- the reason why I didn't get to do this is because she didn't want to. Yet next week you're hanging out with her. So you're not doing anything about it. Now you have somebody that you can talk about it. That is not going to solve the problem.
0: So this is like less clinical and more like real life, yes. kind of kind of approach to to things. So like if someone has like mental health issues, they they go to a therapist. Somebody totally. who has life issues, um, mm-hmm. or or is unhappy with their life, or needs help to find a new direction or something like that, a life coach can fill that, that, that that spot. Yes. All right. Yes. Yes. Very cool.
1: That's why when I assess people, if I notice that there is a clinical situations that I'm not, that's not my expertise. I did not study for that. I did not go to to school for that. I have to, I'm the first one to say, I think that you're going to need to see somebody else. And, and I'm happy to say that because there's some people that truly need that. There There's some people that need medication. And I think that if they need medication, they should be getting medication. But there's some other people that probably it's just a matter of having to listen and say, okay, I hear you. I get it. Having some compassion there, being kind, but then say, okay, are you ready to kick that and get in gear and give it a try and mm-hmm. see what happens? And for the people who are willing to do that, it's beautiful to see their changes and and their the way then they can approach life and i very happy and proud to be able to do that i love doing that i love the the reaction and i learned so much from other people because they, i can give them tools and then they use the tools but then of course they use their tool the way they will use them being themselves and mm-hmm. then they come up with something else so they come to me and say it's what I did with this I did this so it's fabulous it's like oh my do you see you knew all along what it will take for you to make that change so it's not me I facilitated space I uh-huh. facilitate tools but I believe that everyone has it within themselves to that inner wisdom to know I this is why you look for help Because Mm -hmm. you know you're not supposed to be in that place to begin with. You know inside.
0: Your inner wisdom wisdom tells you. Sometimes you just don't know how to get from A to B.
1: Exactly. Okay.
0: Exactly. Yes. Um, Well, one of the main focuses of uh, your book and and sort of what we were talking about before we started recording um, is is about being a caregiver. And because you became a caregiver to your mother – uh, I'm a, a caregiver to uh, three autistic kids. Mm-hmm. And, and, and while they're sort of different scenarios, sort, sort of different um, circumstances, the idea of being a caregiver is sort of the same across the board.
1: I, I like to say that caregiving, but the, the, the meaning to caregiving is, is universal. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the circumstances change They all change. The circumstances change. But caregiving is a universal practice. So once we are giving care to those we love, it's the same for everybody. I mean, we become totally invested emotionally, physically, spiritually invested. We become obsessed. (laughs) We become exhausted. Mm -hmm. We become um, 100% committed to that cause. And we see it as the most beautiful thing that we're doing. But at the same time, as time goes by, because then we realize, we don't realize it at the moment. We figure we can fix this or um, I can do this. Either or, I can either fix it or I can do this. And then when you realize it's so tough to be a caregiver it's just the toughest thing on earth i think is to be a caregiver to those that we love uh to those of who we love then things have to take a stand you have to take a stand and say okay i i need i need a little bit more here than just believing that i can do it hmm. don't you think
0: yeah oh no yeah I, I was thinking about uh, we had a we had a really fascinating conversation about yeah. our our shared sort of experiences is, is being caregivers. But for everybody who's hearing this for the first time, mm-hmm. um, what so 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 you had to go through a process of, of becoming a caregiver uh, for your mother. What was that experience? What was that experience like for you?
1: It was um, a rude awakening. And first of all, as I said, my mother was uh, and is still um, a a very tough lady. I mean, she was that kind of lady that independent, was great. Everybody loved her. She was on top of everything and nobody can stop her. Mm -hmm. So seeing my mother going down was very difficult. And then bringing my mother, it took me five years to convince her that she should live with us. She was living in another state. So I had to be flying every month to make sure that my mom was well nourished, that she was taking her her pills, which she wasn't, Um, you know, all these other things that we, nobody tells us, nobody tells us how really what it takes to care for those who we love when they're first diagnosed with alzheimer's dementia any kind of dementia or anyone who is who needs our help mm-hmm. i mean it is it is hard it is very very hard and it took me 5 years for me to bring her home and then once i moved her which is something very important once you move them from their nucleus they they go down very quickly mm-hmm. so here i thought i can i can save her and what i was doing was not saving her so seeing that was very difficult as well now dealing with my mother and her aggression dementia has a lot of moments where depending on what kind of dementia but for my mother aggression was big so verbally abusive um physically abusive so all that takes it all on you and it took it all on me it took it all on me because my family nucleus got affected. I was not taking care of myself. I didn't know how to take care of myself because my mom was here, and I had no time to think. I, my, my thoughts were so clouded. That's what I'd say. in a warrior of light," I always say, I lifted the veil. Um, because it's just a fog. In order for you to get through that as a warrior, you have to say, I'm walking and it's going to be dense, but I'm getting through it until I see light. And literally that's what you need to do. And it took me to realize I needed to be part of that equation to be able to do a good job for my mom, not a perfect job, Mm -hmm. Not an amazing job. Didn't, I did not, I stopped caring about am I a good daughter or a bad daughter? Because that's a horrible question to ask ourselves. Doesn't serve us well.
0: When my grandfather moved in with my parents, there was sort of this um, kind of weird period of time where, where you have to sort of adapt to that sort of switch in dynamic. Like it goes from your parent caring for you to you caring for your parent. Do you mm-hmm. find that that's something that people like, like maybe maybe the 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 parent that needs the help doesn't like to be cared for?
1: Totally, they and, don't. And you know what? They they truly with dementia, mm-hmm. you know, switching from being a caregiver. But if you are caregiving to a patient with dementia. They truly, truly don't know that they are combating you. We often think they're doing it on purpose, Mm -hmm. but their brain is not capable of doing that. So that's one of the things that somebody needs to tell us, you know, this is the way the brain works and they see it as you're the enemy because you're the person who's there most of the time. Mm Now. Once I realized that, and coming from, as I said, a, a practice, a philosophy, a Hawaiian, a very ancient Hawaiian philosophy, where I feel that I chose this. I, I know somehow, in time, I chose to be my mom's caregiver. And I know it, it, it sounds, for, for many people, may sound difficult, but once you realize, okay, I made this path somehow... I forget now as a human then you say okay if i chose it i have some power and by that means i was chosen to care for her there has to be a way of doing this and realizing later on that this is part of who i am who i'm supposed to be this is this is part of me
0: that that was uh, again, when we were talking off the air earlier, mm. you had said that, that it was a choice. And, and, I, and I said at the time, and it's still, I never thought about it like that. Mm. You know, because with, with my kids um, and even my oldest, my oldest, and, and not everybody knows this, but it's it's not a secret or anything, but like my oldest is adopted. I I, I adopted him mm. and I've raised him since he was a year old.
1: There you go. I mean, it's a, it's the it's a path that you, you were meant to have because you chose it.
0: Like we were saying, like, not everybody would make that same choice. Like, to me, it just seems like the automatic thing to do. Like, they're your kids. You, you do, you take care of them. But that isn't always the case. You know, people, exactly. some people choose not to do that. There's dads that, uh, you know, if something gets difficult, they take off. Yes. And, and so I, I guess it, maybe it was more of an unconscious choice or a subconscious choice. But I chose to, to, to be here for my kids and well,
1: as spiritual beings, as I believe that we are, our subconscious, we we down up there somewhere. Mm-hmm. We know what we're supposed to be doing. Now, us consciously, we don't know. So we believe that we're making that choice that you you decided. Okay, I'm going to adopt, but you know, you adopted consciously because you made a pact of a being, a spiritual being had to enlarge and, uh, and come from that source of love through that journey. Now, it's for us through this body that we are, are in, this, mm-hmm. in this universe that we are present right now with the outcome and the input of so many things that then we get confused and we, we start questioning if we're doing it right or wrong. It's probably the question is or, or, or the, the statement should be, thank you for reminding me that I'm here to do this
0: as I was newer into the the whole caregiver thing, there was like this barrage of emotions that I would, I would go through. There would be, um, sometimes there was anger. Sometimes there was resentment. Sometimes there was frustration or just exhaustion. And, and I used to feel so guilty about those things Mm -hmm. because I'm like, you know, my kids didn't ask for this. This wasn't these challenges or behaviors that, that might be taxing for me uh, they're not doing it on purpose. It's not their fault. How, like, how dare I feel that way? Mm-hmm. And 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 it, and at one point, I realized that I, I need to just embrace those feelings yes. because I'm human and I'm allowed to feel whatever I feel. It's not what I feel; it's what I do about it. And exactly does exactly. that make sense? It's what
1: you do about it, and those feelings are going to come, and those feelings are very okay to be there because it's a tough situation and let's just say something very simple you're cooking and you're you you burn the eggs Mm -hmm. what have you um so right there you did something you know how to do it you were with the intention of making breakfast it got burned so what happened to us we get mad how stupid we do all these things Mm -hmm. what's wrong with me so so that's What happens? I encourage everyone and I encourage myself. I know people sometimes think, how did you become that way? I I mean, like, are you always this way? I remind myself constantly um, that I this is the way I choose to see life. And when I choose to see life like this, life is so good to me. So I always say, welcome those feelings and label them. So instead of saying, I'm so angry. No, you're not angry. Anger came to visit. So you can say, oh, here you are, Anger. You're here. Of course you're here. Of course, it's frustration. Well, welcome. What do you want me to do with frustration now? How are you going to serve me well? And usually when you do talk to and label your feelings and talk to your feelings, labeling them then you understand well maybe frustration is serving me because it made me do something else Mm -hmm. that is easier so then you say well thank you frustration and then you move on or then you decide okay this feeling is not doing anything for me for me to call myself names that's not true I'm an amazing dad Okay, so thank you for coming and visit. Now I have to let you go. And now you move on into being kinder to yourself. So it does take practice. It does take homework. I always say, and in my book, A Warrior of Light is packed with different techniques that I use. But you have to use them. Mm -hmm. If you don't use them, it's normal for us to treat ourselves like we're last. And that we are doing everything wrong. Because most of the time we're being judged by other people since we're very, very young. And that's what we see. That's what we have seen. That's how we have grown. And hopefully by doing the homework, by remembering that we have a path and remembering that as, as, as these beings, we can change it because it empowered us. It's a nation of love. Then we can then label these feelings welcome them or not, and then see, okay, how is this label feeling serving me and how this one does not, and learning when to let go and switch for something else.
0: How would you? like Teaching
1: those to our kids is important.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yes.
1: Yes, generational, I think it's so important for us to be that mirror because they're watching us Rob, mm-hmm. constantly. My daughter was an adult, I mean, an adult. She was not a little girl when my mom came to see me. And one of the things that touched me the most was when she she actually wrote me a, a card where she said, I am so proud of you, not only for being selfless and loving and giving so much to our family but because you take care of yourself mom she was watching me all along and I had no idea and that's what they need they need to know my mom or my dad is not just hanging in there they're enjoying life it's important so teaching perhaps that rule of let's label our feelings and calling them and seeing how uh, see you know viewing how they are working for us or not I think is a great strategy for every caregiver as a parent to teach our children.
0: Yeah, and, and like with with my kids, for example, they they whether I realize I'm teaching them something or not, they're, they're always paying attention and, and they pick up on things that I don't even realize that I'm showing them. And right. I'd like to think that most of the time that's a positive thing, <laughs> but yes. you know, one of the things, you know, and we're going to get into self care in a second here, but one of the important things for me is to, to especially like now on uh, lockdown with the pandemic um Mm -hmm. i think we're at 100 111 days today uh we have to take care of ourselves and and how can i how how can i expect them to take care of themselves if i'm not leading by example and and so that's that's something that i'm i'm struggling with but i'm very very focused on on doing and uh and, and so i think it's sort of the the same kind of principle that you were you're sort of modeling uh for your kids and, and and you don't realize how much they're picking up on until you find out. And hopefully it's positive things, but, it, but if you're not paying attention, it, it could be the opposite. And that's, Ooh. that's a problem um, as well. And, and I wanted to ask you, uh, before we got into the, we start talking about self-care has, has your journey as a caregiver or, or becoming a caregiver or, or, however you look at it, has it changed you in any way?
1: Totally. It it totally changed my life. I, I, I have to say that 92% of the time I wake up and I, I am grateful for the opportunity and the, the the experience of uh, caring for my mom, because I learned how, how to emotionally manage myself in a positive way, mm-hmm. and because I saw how negatively I was doing it, so I I was so self-aware. I being self-aware is one of the things that I have learned through this journey. Um, self-aware of myself, clearly self-aware of of how how do I react and why am i reacting mm. um it changed my compassion level for sure not that i was not a compassionate person but i think that we have become a society of with social media we see it where we go in and we're swiping or or clicking the likes mm. right or we like this or we like that so we're we're judging if if that person that we don't know shows a beautiful picture Um, many times you see posts that ask questions and nobody answered the question but they just like what Mm -hmm. what is it that they like did they like the question did they like the post or or the comment or they like the picture what are they doing so i i in this process i learned that and this is a big one that i was a very judgmental of myself. I learned and I knew before I have worked, I have done a lot of work on me before my mom coming to me, taking care of her, that I was a people pleaser. I call myself a recovered people pleaser. <laughs> um, and and it, it, I went back into being a people pleaser when she came. So I'm grateful for that because it teaches you that you're in a constant journey of restructuring yourself. So when you think you got it, you better be self-aware all the time because you may slip the other way. So as a people pleaser, I, I had to stop and say, I am destroying myself because I'm just trying to please my mom. I'm forgetting that I exist, I'm forgetting that I have a husband, I'm forgetting that I have a daughter, I'm forgetting that I have a job, and I'm forgetting that I have friends, and I'm forgetting to understand that there's people out there that actually want to help me. Also, by learning that I was judging myself, it taught me that sometimes I judge others. And this is such a big subject that I love to to talk to people until you are... Fighting the ball in the ring, do not say if the person is doing it right or wrong.
0: Oh, if yeah. You
1: should have taken the red. Uh,
0: <laughs> Whatever that, yeah, cape yes. or, uh, I forget what it's called. Yes. I know what you're talking yes. about.
1: Yes. Yes. Do not, do, not, do not say that, oh, that he should have turned the other way. Or what was he doing at this particular point? Do not until you are in the arena. You don't know what goes on. So it has taught me when I go visit some caregiver support system, just to listen. And then instead of giving an advice, just saying, how about if I come for tea? Or how about if I come and, and leave you today and you go for a walk? because we're not going to tell them what we need although we should and, and yes I walked into that arena I learned how to do it but at the beginning I just learned that when we take upon being a caregiver we human beings need to instead of saying is there something I can do just do just say you know what I'm coming over on Wednesday so you can go for a walk period
0: don't give them a choice
1: don't give them a choice because um, we judge it. We, we are like, we're judging that they're actually taking the walk or, or making time for themselves. We're judging how they're doing it. Or you should not tell your mom, you should not cut her meat in, in the restaurant. For instance, this mm-hmm. is a, an example I can give you. Well, how do you know? You, you don't have a mother <laughs> who has dementia and who cannot cut her meat and she feels very unempowered. And mm-hmm. the whole idea is to make them feel amazing as much as you can. So it, it, it's it, that, that changed me completely. I am very careful on how I give advice. I'm very careful about looking at others, judging their experiences, mm-hmm. and, um, and taking that ownership um, it's hard because we don't want to think. Oh no, I never judge. But I was if if I was hard on me, I know I was hard on other people. So that's one of the biggest lessons I learned.
0: Um, along with being a caregiver, and and again we were talking about this, self care is so important, and it's so often overlooked, and and ignored, uh, mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons. What. What role has self-care played for you as, as a caregiver and why, why do you feel it's so important?
1: It's, it's my mission to, to teach people how to self-care. Uh, why? Because it took me months and, and literally, when I tell you months were months where I will not, I mean, it took me years. Even last year, I did not go have my mammogram. I was going through a very difficult time in my life with my mother. And I, I forgot. And I'm one of these women that say, you know, use the time to make sure that this, you know, um, mammograms save lives. I'm the big advocate. I forgot. I forgot. I have a hip pain and I did not go to the doctor because I couldn't. So what happens is since the beginning from the very moment my mom entered the dynamic in my house, I stopped exercising, I couldn't eat. So I was losing a tremendous amount of weight. I was not nourishing myself the way that I should have. And I realized after I had to send my mom back to Puerto Rico to take a moment because she wanted so much and I knew she couldn't go. But then I figured, okay, you know what? I need three weeks by myself to feed myself mentally, physically, and spiritually, and then commit to do it from that moment on for the rest of my life.
0: And I did. You know, when when you sort of talk about self-care, it's sort of a unique thing for each person, right? Like some people, Like I've always told people, it doesn't have to be something, you know, crazy spectacular. You could, uh, have time every morning to maybe have a, uh, cup of coffee or, or something along those lines. And it could be, uh, you know, watching your favorite TV show. It could be going for a walk. It could be parking a little bit farther away from the grocery store and walking a little bit of extra, uh, distance to get in. It could be, um, Sometimes it's hiding in the bathroom, so your kids can't get to you. A,
1: well, this is a, I, I. created this assessment, and it's it's called the the care the self care plan. So we first of all talk about the things that you like, because the same things that I like maybe aren't to your chores. You know, maybe maybe you say your podcast is is part of your self care. Let's mm-hmm. just say that to somebody else, maybe this is a lot of work. Or the moment that you understand, wait, this I love the podcast, but putting that much time is depleting me. That is self-care. That is being self-aware that something you're doing, although it brings you pleasure, if it's if it's not totally bring you that enlightenment and joy, then you have to either modify. You need to add something else or you need to subtract. I always say subtract, modify, and add. Mm-hmm. That's, those three are so important in our life. So, But you need to be self-aware. So by giving you a test and you telling me, these are the things that I enjoy doing. These are the things I cannot do anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, what can you add? What can you modify? Which one you do, definitely don't need? Then we extract and then we schedule them by... S- schedule them in your phone, in your calendar, mm-hmm. then you are making yourself as important as, as that person that you love. And I always say, it's not that you're more important. It's just that me too is important. It's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure that what you're doing for self-care is, is what you need to be doing. And yes, it's simple. I, I wrote an article that have so many, many views and I'm so thankful and grateful. And it's called self-care is more than a bubble bath and a glass of wine. Because this is what people have taught us that if we're self-caring, we're putting a mask or we're taking a bubble bath. And that's not what self-care is. Self-care is about having our basic needs met sleeping, eating, time for, for our spiritual part to be uh, fed as well mm-hmm. and our physical. So if we don't have some exercise, if we don't have proper sleep, if we're not having our mind and um, it growing and we don't have our spiritual practice growing, we're lacking. It's only four things that we need to add in our lives only. It's so basic. And from eating could be, okay, for me, it's important and I can do two at the same time. I can take time. If you do pray or you like to read a devotional or you want to listen to a podcast, then you say, you know what? I'm willing to get up a little early, 20 minutes, so I can have my cup of coffee the way I like it, warm instead of cold, <laughs> <laughs> and have that time in a quiet space where I can reflect on what I'm reading or listening to. Right guilt. there, you 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 did too.
0: And that's and that's guilt free. I think that's important and that's too. Guilt free. Um, yes. Yeah. Self care is. It's so basic, but it's so hard for people to. To, to wrap their heads around to commit to doing because there's, they just, you know, the parents that I've, I've spoken to, it doesn't matter where in the world you come from because parents are parents and, yeah. and you feel like to take care of yourself, you have to take away from somebody else. And that's not necessarily, well, it's not a good way to look at it. Cause I mean, yeah, maybe my kids have to be downstairs occupying themselves uh, on the Xbox or something for a little bit while I'm here talking to you. I can live with that. it's It's not hurting anybody. Yeah. This is a positive yeah. thing and and uh, it's going to put me in a better place to be a better version of me when I finish this up and I go back downstairs and, and, and sort of pick up the reins on whatever is going on down there. Uh, <laughs> there's no screaming or anything like that, so I have to assume at this point that it's it's going smoothly.
2: Everything is going Everything is going smoothly,
0: yeah. Bad news travels fast <laughs> in my house, so I'll, I'll know. Um, do you have advice for caregivers. Um, you know, I I always tell people that when you become a caregiver, whether it's, you know, child with autism or something like that, implementing self care practices right from the start is Mm -hmm. so important because then you're not playing catch up. Then it isn't like a foreign concept six months or a year from now or two years from now. Like, what do you, what do you tell parents or caregivers? Um, Uh, about you know self-care
1: also you know why it's important to start from the get-go is because the person you're caring for um, develops such a need for you that when you start caring for yourself then there's another layer of guilt who will come from that person you love or you're not loving me Oh, you didn't spend time with me Oh, that means that i bother you and that becomes <laughs> poisonous in our brain so when you start from the beginning then it's, it's part of the routine it's the it's normal part of life so i i encourage everyone to start as i say simple let's just start simple because i know it's, it's a big thing and and we don't know and we have never learned that. And spiritual is so important. I mean, I, I always say, go back to who you are. You were made. You were sought by someone bigger than you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And boom, you were put in a situation where you were created. With your body. With this vehicle. This vehicle needs you. It doesn't need anything else. It breathes by itself. You take a breathe and you don't even know you're breathing. Your heart is palpitating by itself. It's an amazing machine. So by saying, I'm going to take care of you for a little bit, then that's that's important. Now, how do you figure out what's important to you? Do you like to, to talk? If you like to talk, then do not cut your connections. We tend to do that. Mm-hmm. If... The other thing I encourage everybody, ask for help. We never do.
0: That's a big one. And be honest. And
1: yes, be honest. Say, listen, I need you. I know I wish I could have a cup of coffee with you, but I'd rather just have half an hour to go for a walk. I'm just saying. Maybe mm-hmm. a walk is for you saying, oh, you're kidding me. I don't even want to walk. I just want to watch you know, Netflix. Okay, whatever it is. So. Then take that time and really use it and tell the person, instead of having coffee, I would appreciate to do this. Sitting down and doing the homework of what is it that you need is important. And and there's, there's something important. Usually what you needed as a kid, what you didn't get as a kid, is what you're going to need now as a caregiver. Because that's where you were depleted to begin with. And it is your responsibility to give that to you, not anybody else. So thinking of that is um, it's big homework, but it does alleviate a lot of, okay, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do when I have time off. So it's trying to figure out your love language and then going and give that to yourself. So if you need words of appreciation to feel encouraged, then you need to know that you need to meet with friends who really support you, who really think you're kicking ass and they can sit with you for 20, half an hour and say, and have a cup of coffee or some juice or whatever it is and say, man, you did such an amazing job. It's great. And you need that. That is something that you cannot replace by anything else. If it's a gift, then Make sure that you say, okay, every month I need to be able to go shopping and buy myself something and then go buy something. Whatever it is, I don't care, a shirt, a a gadget for your phone. It doesn't matter. So you need to know if it's a hug, then you probably need to make sure that you take something out of your budget, go get a massage, Mm -hmm. and be touched by somebody. So... It's super important to know what our our love language and how do we feel love, and then put it together for our own self care and bring it to ourselves,
0: rather than ha- having to rely on other people to give that to you. Is that is that sort of what you're yes. saying? Yes. Okay. Yes. That way you're so not ask, at you're not at the mercy of.
1: You're not at the mercy because yourself, then we sufficient people. Well, yes, we resent people. We resent our our mates for not knowing what we need, our partners for not understanding us, our children for not cooperating and wanting mm. more from us when we don't have any more to give from our parents who are lost or the ones who who need us and and they cannot care by to them. they don't they they're unable to care for themselves. Mm-hmm. They, they cannot give it to you. And your friends, let's say, they don't know because for the most part, we're saying we're okay. Which for the most part, we're okay, but it will be nice to implement certain things for us to feel joyful. Because okay is okay feeling joyful, feeling delighted, feeling um, that today was worth it the day is a
0: different feeling and i think you know and i don't know if you've found this but in in my experience i find that um autism parents or caregivers can often find themselves isolated and that's that sort of compounds uh a very difficult situation (laughs) when you feel alone and isolated and and like you were saying reach out you know make a phone call like like they're telling everybody with the pandemic right now everybody's well, it's supposed to be on lockdown or should be on lockdown, however you view it. Um, you know, we're all isolated, but but it doesn't mean we have to be disconnected. You know, exactly. call somebody, just find out how they're doing, you know, uh check in yes. on people and just just sort of force yourself to to maintain these connections when everything in you is is just wanting to like shut down and uh pretend uh, and none of this stuff what? is going on.
1: This is this goes for Whoever is listening, who is not a caregiver, mm-hmm. um, call those people. Call if you if you think they're your friends. Call your friends, even if they don't answer. Most of the time, we're busy. We don't answer. Sometimes, the time we're like, what are we going to talk about? I mean, the same thing. Call. Call, leave a message. I'm checking on you. I just wanted to see how you're doing. That is so important. Now we cannot leave it up to them. That's what I always encourage us to say. Let's take power back and be okay by expressing our needs. Communicating our needs in a healthy way is important. Communicating our needs in a in a in a way where we're not We know we're not asking for anything else except what we need and what we need is important. Mm -hmm. I always say what we need is important, period. Do not double question yourself, it is. So yes, isolating and I did that. It took me a while to, again, say I need my people. I need my, my couple of friends and I'm not about having a lot of friends, but those few people, why am I not answering the phone calls? Or they stopped calling, so I wouldn't call. So I always say, ask for help and tell them exactly, I need you to do this for me, please. You will find out who is willing to be there, which is good. Mm -hmm. And Some people are not, and that's okay, because those are the people that you probably don't need in your journey. And that's fine too. That's part of Mm self-care. Understanding who's there for the right reasons and who's not. That's not for you to be sad, that's for you to say, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I don't have to waste my time with this person." Boom.
0: <laughs> well, and it's a and and you know, there's a lot of times when you're dealing with uh like special needs kids where you're where the situation that you're in is so delicate and so fragile and so easily um disrupted that that you have to take an approach of you know, you're either with us or against us exactly. and uh, and that's one of them right now. What do, What do you need, <laughs> Emmett? Dad, you'd be done by
1: three.
0: Okay, well, it's a little bit longer than that. Can we just, you know, extend? Sure. Here's what I found on the web. No, hey Google. I made some Gatorade. Stop. No, Emmett. Got it. Goodbye. <sighs> then he's talking now. Sorry. Now Google's talking. Can try. Stop. Ugh. It's not one thing, it's another. And and I, I hear you. I, I'm surprised he actually he actually waited 14 minutes beyond three o'clock. Oh. Uh I, I know we, we sort of we sort of talked about the book as we went through, but what what inspired you to write your book?
1: I started writing the book. Um, at the very beginning, when my mom, when I, when my mom got diagnosed, I started writing as in as an exercise mm-hmm. for 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 myself, just putting things down, having a journal. I've done this practice for my husband when he had six seven years ago open heart surgery. So I figure, you know, I'm going to do the same thing with my mom. When my mom moved here, and I kept writing, I had to stop because I was writing from a very, a a very, a place from frustration. Mm -hmm. And it took me one day where I, we were talking, we just, we, we touched, we touched base about this, where I realized I had no mentors in my community. I had no one who can help me, um, who can probably give an advice knowing that they went through something similar and then i can say how about this because i've been there
2: mm-hmm. and
1: when somebody else is not there it's like dude you don't even know what you're talking about you haven't been there to give yeah. you know so i appreciate it you come from a good place but i've done that before it doesn't work um, and it was that moment where i i always say god talked to me and he said this is the time for you to write the book this because you're going to contribute to so many other people now i was writing a book about how to care of yourself first so you can take care of your mother better this is the way where i can tell other people listen it's not pleasant all these uh different books out there for alzheimer's they talk about honoring their memories, which you have to, honoring your your loved ones, which you have to, but they don't talk about how hard it is, what is going to happen. And yes, there's an amazing book called The 24 Hours, but it's so... um, Dot dot dot, it's not a story. It's not, it's almost like written by a professional person telling you what to expect, which is great, but it's not until you live the experience. Mm-hmm. And every person with dementia, and I'm sure with you, same thing every kid with autism is not the same. You have, you, you, I'm Everyone's sure no, neither yes. of your children are the same. No, so you not. sometimes don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So all those, um, Stories are good, but until somebody tells you, do not move the furniture. Do not listen to them telling you, "I need to live in my own in my own apartment because I'm not living with you." Mm-hmm. I did all that, and that was the biggest mistake in my life. She had no idea how to operate a new um, microwave oven, although she was operating hers. So mm-hmm. there's things I needed to have people know that nobody tells them and also let them know there are techniques for you to feel better while you're caring for those who you love. And as I started writing, my life developed and and everything started to happen. And then I had to make different decisions that I had never thought I had to, like placing my mom in a uh, nursing home. And that was very hard. That was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I think that perhaps now with the COVID-19, this whole situation that I never wanted to abandon my mom. And I had to have a talk with, with my father. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, you knew better. How did you allow me to put it in a nursing home? And I debated and I fought a little bit. And then I realized, wait a minute. This is where she's best taken care of. And no one in her facility has tested positive
0: with COVID-19. That's very good. They
1: are doing an amazing job. And, but, but then again, we make decisions that we don't know if we're doing the right thing. So writing a book to help others is probably why I did it.
0: You know, I, I can so relate to that. Uh, you know, when I started my blog a decade ago, I, I didn't understand how, uh, how it worked. My wife at the time was like, well, you know, like I'm struggling to cope with all the challenges and stuff. And she's like, we well, need to start writing this stuff down. Like you need to, like to, to journal to help you sort of process things. And I'm not like a paper and pencil guy.
1: Well, and,
0: and so, uh, she helped me set up, uh, my first, uh, blog and I use it as like a digital diary. Like I had no idea. That anybody was ever going to read it, and so mm-hmm. I just said exactly what I was feeling, <laughs> and it was yeah. very therapeutic for me because I, I I would just have an experience, I would write about it, I would walk away and not carry it with me, and and people started to read it and it and it became this big thing and uh you know and 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 what it sort of evolved into is is sort of like with your book, m- my hope is that something positive can come out of the difficulties that I've faced. And, yeah. and maybe by, by reading the experiences that, that I've had with my kids, that they can avoid some of the mistakes and, and, and the pitfalls that, that I fell into. I, I, I want to sort of light the way for people who are coming behind me because mm-hmm. there was no one who to light the way when I came through, and I know what that's like. Um, and so it seems it just, I, it, what you're saying is very relatable for me. And, and, uh, It's, I really like your approach.
1: I had friends that have lost their parents um, for whatever reason, heart attacks, what have you. I had friends that um, had their parents living close to them. So even if they were getting old, they live with their husbands in their little homes and, you know, they had help. So nobody that I had around in my circle of friends have gone through what I went through Mm -hmm. except my mother who went through with my grandparents. And the way my mother handled it was so hard and so painful for her that I I made a, a mental note to say, I cannot do things because I'm expected to. She would not want that. I mm. need to do things because I want to. And find that intention, finding in every, even in frustration, that's what I say, label, this label our feelings because then we can see the intention behind that feeling. What, how is it serving me?
0: And so it's sort of a perspective thing, right? Is that, is yes. that, so perspective yes. is perspective is very, very important. You can look at the same thing for days on end. And, and then if you just shift your perspective or somebody like I told you, uh, earlier, I think we were off the air. Um, that, that I was so fascinated by what you were saying, uh, when we were talking that, that it challenges me to, to, to look at things in a different way yeah. and it, and it shifts my perspective a little bit. And I'd never thought about, I chose to be a caregiver. Like, mm-hmm. like it never occurred to me that that was a choice. And and when you think about it like that, it's not thrust upon you. It's not forced on you. You made a choice to do that. And that is empowering that, that, is. that, that is it, it, uh, it's a very simple thing to, 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 to recognize that just seems to escape just 20 <laughs> years. And I never thought about it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, and I just keep sitting here thinking like, my God, like, I cannot believe I never thought about it like that because you're absolutely right. And it does sort of change the whole dynamic of what you're, what you're feeling. And, and it not puts only you, that,
1: you like, can sit down and maybe write down three things that you're proud of for that choice that you made. Yeah. I really so like now being exhausted is not going to be there. It's probably I'm, I'm I'm wow, I've done this. I am in in enhancing somebody's life because I chose to do it. I feel, you know, so yeah. so now you can write three things about yourself completely different.
0: Yeah, see that's so that's so that's such a cool thing. It it, it really is um this has really been sort of a profound experience for me and, I, and yeah. I'm really grateful for your time. Cause I, I oh, have been, you. uh, you know, I've been, there's been a lot that's been going on in my life that, that has mm-hmm. been very difficult for me, um, and difficult for my kids. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I sort of get sort of, sort of stuck in a, a mindset
2: mm-hmm.
0: and rather than, you know, realizing that, that I am, I am, where I am in this moment in time, because there are things that have happened to me, but I have chosen to deal with them yes. in a way that brought me right here, and and it's, so it's so. Not that I've ever, I don't think I'm a victim, and I, so I don't mean it to sound like that, but like you feel less like it's happening to you, and um, more like it's happening for you. Yeah, you're, you're yes, you're more in control than what you realize, and that's okay. that's very um that's empowering and I, I i've i'm gonna be mulling that over all day now so I, um,
1: I, I, I you know what i'm so happy about that because you are doing and i'm sure you have heard it many 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 times an amazing job and an inspiration to so many parents out there that um wow to be able for you to be able to say now i can see a little Something a little bit differently, and maybe write my story when I go to bed and say, Oh, I've done this and this, and feeling powerfully in love with what you're doing for a little moment brings contentment. And when you're content, that's the feeling that we all look for
0: it's balance.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
0: like that i uh, I really really appreciate your time um
1: oh, thank you thank uh, you for having me Rob it, it was it was an honor I, I
0: really appreciate it and I will have uh links uh uh to your book and um, I'll collect like social media information and stuff for me I'll, I'll have all that stuff in this sh- in, in the show notes so that people can uh, connect with you um, yes. and, uh, and and check out your book I, I again I really appreciate it um I have a lot to think about. Uh, now, but I, i'm walking away from this feeling really good and and, oh, and I'm i just so happy i appreciate that I, I hope you guys uh as you're listening um s- sort of sort of have that same experience where, where you where you're sort of challenged to think about things in a different way because uh something as simple as that can can have such a profound impact on on the way you view your life and the way that you uh, perceive things. So, um, thank you. You become
1: kinder to yourself. Yeah. Yes. And that's, uh, that's important. Being kind to yourself is going to vibrate into being kind to everyone around you. And this is for sure. It's, it's so true.
0: Well, thank you again very much. Uh, stay safe. You um,
1: too. Stay safe. Keep taking care of those children the way you are. And I'll take care of that.
0: Take care of me as well. (laughs)
1: Yes. And take Uh, care of yourself, please.
0: My my best to you and your family. And uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. It was an honor, Rob.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Before I close things out today, I just wanted to take a minute and thank Eileen for coming on the show and talking to us about being a caregiver and sharing her personal journey uh, in regards to, you know, becoming a caregiver for her mother. Um, you know, that's something that it's not always easy to talk about. It's not, uh, something that I I think we, as a society, we talk enough about, um, you know, being a caregiver is, is sort of a sacred thing, right? You know, it's, it's a time when, when it comes to like your parents, um, it's a point in life where the dynamic flips and, and you become the caretaker uh for the people who um took care of you all these years. And and that's a very emotional challenging experience that I recently, you know, I watched my parents go through with with my grandparents. And uh it, it really is an eye-opening experience. And you know, it's not often that I can walk away from a conversation and and really feel like I have grown uh And, and in talking with Eileen, she she sort of challenged my way of thinking, uh, in ways that, that is, is sort of sparking some new connections, uh, for me. And, and, you know, my, one of my biggest takeaways from today is, is recognizing that I chose to be a caregiver. And, And that's not something that I had ever really thought about before. I guess I just, you know, I'm, I'm a parent and my kids require, you know, additional, uh, support cause, um, you know, there's, there's autism and, and some other special needs, uh, involved in, in their lives. And, um, I always just, you know, I'm their dad. So it's sort of what I do, but the reality is I chose to do that because not everybody would make that same choice. Not everybody would stick around. Uh, there's a lot of dads that, that just, they don't, they don't do this and, and so it is a choice. And, and so that just sort of kind of flipped my whole perspective around today. And, um, it was a very cool experience. So I really do appreciate your time, Eileen. I I will have all of her information in the show notes below. You could check out her book. Uh, I encourage you to do that. Um, her journey is, is just fascinating the way that she can, um, describe a lot of the feelings that so many of us are dealing with every day. So I do appreciate that. Um, as always, you can find me at the my information, uh, social links and everything are at the top of the page. Um, please remember that you can subscribe to this podcast on any one of your favorite podcasting apps. Um, uh, most of you have probably already done that since you're listening to this now. Uh, but the other thing, as I said in, in the intro today, if you could please take a second to rate Uh, my podcast, I would really appreciate that because it it helps provide feedback to me. It lets me know what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. Uh, and I didn't know that was a thing. So if you could take a minute and do that, I would really appreciate that. Uh, outside of that, I hope everybody stays safe and healthy. Uh, things are getting crazy and, uh, COVID is sort of come back with a vengeance. So please be smart, wash your hands, social distance, wear your mask, and, uh, we will get through this. I hope everyone, uh, in your world, in your orbit, including yourself, stay safe and healthy. So I will catch you guys, uh, next Friday. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Bye. Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills, such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. Brainiac cross trains motor movement, visual auditory and cognitive thinking connections using fun, interactive video games. Strengthened connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com. That's K-I-N-U-U dot com. And be sure to use the code theAutismDAT at checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer and it will expire on May 31st.